You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pump fakes, looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. Welcome to Hawk Talk Recap Edition. The Seahawks fall to the Bears at home 25-24. to Had a chance to win the game, just didn't get it done. But let's go into the trenches with Ray Roberts and figure this thing out. It's time to go inside the trenches with former Seahawk Ray Roberts. Big Ray, we were at Lumen Field and saw this team fall. It was a snowy day. First half looked good. You scored 17 points. But in the second half, the Hawks only able to produce seven points. What are you seeing out of this offense? What needs to change to finish the season strong? Well, I, I think, you know, to, to finish the season strong, they just need to finish drives and finish games. They, they've done a lot of good things. Like, it's easy to be frustrated about the loss and, and feel like nothing good came of it. But Rashad Penny ran the ball, uh, ran the ball well for the most part. The offensive line pass protected well against a very tough defense. Uh, you're able to put, you know, 20, 24 points on the board. You just couldn't, couldn't finish the game. And so, you know, there's a lot of good things that were going on in, this, in that game. Jake Curran played a very good football game. And, you know, he seems to be like a, maybe like a bright spot heading down to the end of the year. So you want to see him finish strong. But, uh, but more than anything, it's just finishing games. Like they, They've done some good things. They did good things in that game. There's some things you'd like to have back, but, I mean, you always want things back in games. Um, but finishing games is what they need to do down the stretch. Now we saw DK get involved early with a 41-yard touchdown. That's what we wanted to see. But he kind of disappeared as the game went along. Um, do you think the Hawks are making a good enough effort to get him involved in the game plan? Or is it just sometimes, you know what, he's not open and – um, the read didn't take Russell that way. I don't know, man. I, I look at some of these other elite receivers around the league, and like they're getting double teamed and things like that. But somehow they still get double digit targets. You know what I'm saying? And so the dude is so big and fast. You know, like to me, I just feel like they're they need to give him a chance. You know, uh, whether it's you know throwing shorter routes. You know, like he's so fast and people are playing off. I think Brian was talking about this. Um, you know, on the pregame show is like. You know, have him, you know, speed off the line and then do a little five-yard, you know, hitch, catch the ball that way. Uh, everything doesn't have to be like, you know, 40, 50-yard touchdown passes. But when you have a dude that is, that's as dangerous as he is, you have to create, find, force something to, to get him the ball. You can't have that dude have a 41-yard touchdown pass in the first half, you know, first quarter of the game and then have 41 yards for the entire game. You, you just – that that offense and this team is going to go nowhere with that. And we are so used to Russell Wilson and the Seahawks pulling off these late game charges. Since 2012, Russ has 35 game winning drives in the fourth in overtime. What's the difference this year? Because I see the personnel and I'm like, okay, they have the guys to do it, but why haven't they been able to pull off these close games late? You know, it's it's kind of like uh, what we're talking about with the defense, you know, giving up a lot of yards and not a, a bunch of uh, touchdowns. And then eventually yesterday that just kind of didn't hold up, you know. And then with, with Russ this year, with the injury, with the time away, 
uh, with the in, you know inconsistency of the offense, with not knowing what the identity of the offense is, if they're going to go up tempos, slows, you know, multiple like all these different things, I think that probably impacts his ability to finish uh, those drives and for that team to to, to uh, you know have those drives because if you don't know exactly who you are uh, in those moments and you know under heightened stress, it's just it's going to show itself even more. Yeah, and, you know, they got the Lions coming up next. And, you know, you look at their record and say what you want. This is a team that's been playing some good football as of late. So if it does come down to a close game, um, we hope they get it done. But how important is it for these guys to play well against these Lions just to finish the season strong? Well, I mean, this is an interesting game for me having played for both teams. And, and you know, on the side, I try. To, I hope that Detroit plays, you know, you know have, have good seasons. Uh, but uh, to me, this is a game that the Seahawks have to win in the first quarter. Like, and like they, we can't do the Pete Carroll win. You know, can't win in first, can't win in the second, can't win the third. Like, they have to win the game when they can win the game, and that's they have to score early and often. Uh, keep Detroit off the field. The team Detroit hasn't won a whole lot of games. You don't know a whole lot of people on their team other than Jared Goff, but they have some players. Uh, they're professional players just like everybody else. And they have really embraced Dan Campbell's, you know, bite your kneecaps <laughs> off statement that he made when he first took the job. And so they fight to the very end. And so if you give them a chance uh, with, you know, with under, a, uh, you know, with a one score lead or less than a one score lead at the end of the game, man, you're going to put yourself in harm's way that they might end up pulling out, you know, pulling out the win. So this is one of those games where, uh, I would be going to DK early and often. Hopefully, Penny is still running the way he's running. The offensive line is blocking well. And then defensively, uh, with um, Dunlap and Green getting after it and, and Daryl Taylor, uh, they can get after the quarterback and really shut this offense down and, and really not make it a game. That's the best way to win this one. All right, Ray, two more weeks to try to finish on a high note, man. We appreciate your time. I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. You guys have a good one. All right, that was Ray Roberts. Let's bring in NASA Chobie and figure out what happened. See, what had happened at first was... What happened was... What had happened was... On Hawk Talk. Well, Bump, uh, head coach Pete Carroll said this when the game ended yesterday. We stepped up to the podium that this was one of the most disappointing regular season losses he's ever experienced as head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Snowy day in Seattle. Hawks come up short, falling to 2-5 and five at Lumen Field on the season. It was a tough game. The Seahawks felt like they were in control the entire game. Um, heading into that fourth quarter, they had a 10-point lead. And, of course, they gave up that lead, led by Nick Foles, former Super Bowl champion, as Michael Bumpus has pointed out several times last night. But, yeah, Nick Foles somehow was able to ha- let the Bears score 11 unanswered points for the come-from-behind win. And a lot of the same themes continue to plague the Seahawks team as they have all season long. Seahawks once again lost time of possession, 38-25 to 21-35. Seahawks struggled again on third down, going just 3-for-10, not converting a single third down in the second half. DK Metcalf got things going early with a 41-yard touchdown pass from Russell Wilson. After that, he had one more reception the entire game, a little now pass by the goal line, and he got that for zero yards. Um, Tyler Lockett, he wasn't a much of a factor late. Three receptions, 30 yards on six targets. And after connecting with Gerald Everett for that 24-yard touchdown, the Seahawks offense went missed field goal drive, 
punt, turnover on downs in the fourth quarter to end the game. And a lot of things happened there that really stick out to me, Bump. First of all, the missed field goal drive. The Hawks had a third and goal from the eight-yard line. And then Russell Wilson doing what he does best most of the time, trying to make a play, extending the play. Unfortunately, he takes a sack. And it was a 13-yard loss, would prove to be a big deal because then Justin Myers has what we assume is a chip shot field goal. But given the snow and the conditions, it wasn't. He missed it, which was a huge play for the Seahawks there. Then they're up 24-17 in the fourth. Badly needing a stop on defense. Defense would have been playing pretty well most of the day. Unfortunately, the Bears go on a six-play, 80-yard drive, ending with a Jimmy Graham touchdown. Fitting, of course, that Jimmy Graham comes back to Seattle. Gets a goal line fade. Four touchdowns to win the game. That drive, the Seahawks gave up uh, 40 yards on the first play, 30-yard pass, and then a 15-yard penalty. And uh, it just heartbreaking. And then the Bears go for two. Nick Foles finds Demir Bird in the back of the end zone. And, Bob, I'm not going to lie, that was one of the best catches I've ever seen. Yeah. At the, at the end of the game, on a two-point conversion like that, somehow how he managed to get one foot down and then, like, one side of his calf or whatever and to be palming the ball with one hand. Unbelievable catch. You got to tip your cap to the Bears. Seahawks down one, though, getting the ball back with two timeouts, a minute left. With Russell Wilson, you'd assume that, you know, they would at least get in the field goal range and have a shot at a field goal. Unfortunately, it was not meant to be. Seahawks come up short, turning the ball over on down. So, like I said to start bump, incredibly, incredibly disappointing. Um, the Seahawks fall to 5-10 and 10 on the season. Just wasn't their day. Despite that, though, there were some playmakers. Touchdown, Seahawks! Playmakers. Show them what time it is! Holy captain! Right, playmakers. First up, Russell Wilson wasn't able to get it done late in the game, but did have a decent showing. 16 of 27, 181 yards and two touchdowns. He made some good throws. Good throw to DK over the top. Um, a couple good throws to Gerald Everett on third downs. We mentioned they were three for 10 on third downs. Well, two of those, two of those third down pickups were on the drive right before the half. Uh, so, and Russell scrambled a couple of times and looked like he uh, he had a little burst, a little juice in those legs. So, other than the drive to win the game, um, Russell did a decent job. 16 to 27, 181 yards, two touchdowns. And then our guy, Rashad Penny, balling out second game in the two, second of the last three games where he's rushed for 100 yards, 17 carries, 135 yards, one touchdown. And like we've talked about for the last couple of weeks, it's the way he's doing it. You know, he had a couple, he had, I think he had a 30 plus yard run and a 20 plus yard run, but most of his yards were tough physical yards between the tackles, lowering his shoulder. And he said it after the game. He's like, you know what? Sometimes I forget I'm 220 pounds. And, you know, he started listening to Chris Carson when he'd always tell him, listen, you can run through those arm tackles. Like, you're a big dude. If you if you keep running hard and that's how you approach the game, guys aren't going to tackle you. The first guy's not going to tackle you. So it's great to see Rashad Penny running with confidence and, and some swagger and just doing, doing his thing. And I want to see him end the week strong. I'd love to see him go for 100 two more times this year. Um, so, yeah, just really happy for Rashad Penny because he, he's playing really well right now. Gerald Everett had himself a good day. Four receptions, 68 yards, and one touchdown. Ever since that turnover game, I'm going to call it, a few yeah. weeks back, Gerald Everett has really turned a corner and been there for this football team. Um, one of the best throws of the day were to Gerald Everett. Um, I believe Russ was rolling out, throws it over the shoulder. Nice little dime. Everett does the rest. Um, this guy is making me excited for what's to come in the future. He's really found himself in this offense, and I'm um, happy for the dude. No question about it. Now, another playmaker, Bobby Wagner, 
12 tackles, another double-digit tackle day for Bobby Wagner. It's going to happen every single week. You can always pencil that in. Want to give special love to Wags, though, who set a franchise uh, record for tackles in a season, breaking his own record. That was 168. And a lot of people are going to be like, well, tackles is an overrated stat. Tackles, this and that. Okay. But to consistently do it at the rate he's doing it, obviously no one else has done it before. It's almost like this is a weird comparison, but it just popped in my head. You know how people talk about when Russell Westbrook had all those triple doubles? And people are like, oh, he doesn't fill up the stat sheet. Well, there's a reason no one else has done it. So it's like you can't just <laughs> you can't just be like, oh, it's just a meaningless stat wall. If it was so easy, a million other people would have done it. So Bobby Wagner has been the standard of excellence at linebacker for over a decade now. So love to see it happen. So good work, Bob's. Harlow's Dunlap. Two weeks in a row, this guy has shown up. Five tackles, two sacks, three quarterback hits, one tackle for loss, and one pass defended. A big race says the load management has allowed this dude to play at a high level as of late. Two more games to go. Let's keep the good times rolling for Carlos Dunlap. He's one of those guys to where he's not a rookie. He's not young in this league, but because of where he's at in his career, he still needs to show people like, look, I can be productive. And he's showing the Hawks in the league that the past several games. No question. Five sacks in two games. That I mean, he, he's balling out. Yeah. I love to see it because, you know, a lot of people are questioning whether he had some stuff left in the tank. He indeed does. Been balling out. Last guy I want to look at on the defensive line, Rasheem Green. The young guy's also playing really good. Two tackles, two sacks. Two TFLs, four quarterback hits. He's been incredibly active the last couple weeks. And Big Ray mentioned this last night on the postgame show. He's still a really young kid. 24, 25. Like, Rasheem Green is a young player in this league. And now I think he's finally got his feet underneath him. In the preseason, um, defensive line coach Clint Hurt talked about that a lot. I think I've seen something different in Rasheem. And then people were kind of not sure about that because, you know, that's a lot of coach speak in the preseason. But we've definitely seen a different Rasheem Green. He's been consistently infecting the quarterback doing well against the run, so love to see what he's doing there. All right, let's get to the wide receiver roundup. Gerald Everett for the second week leads the charge. Four receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown. DK right behind him, two for 41 in the touchdown. Tyler Lockett, three catches for 30 yards. Stop, we're going to see more of him this week. DJ Dallas, four catches for 23 yards. D. Eskridge, two for 10. And Freddie Swain, one for nine. This group as a whole, 16 catches, 181 yards. Let's break down the play and get to the coach's corner. One of the few bright spots from the game yesterday was DK Metcalf on the first drive or the second drive of the game for the offense. Russell Wilson connects with him for a 41-yard touchdown. Dallas out of the backfield in motion left side. Russell looks. Now he's going to throw it up on the top. He's got his man out there. It's DK. He is into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks. Thomas Graham Jr. on coverage could not keep up with big number 14. He goes 41 for six. And the Seahawks are on the board over the Bears. 6-0. A perfect pass by Russell Wilson. Just a little one-on-one matchup right here, Nass. Penny goes in motion. A guy runs with him. Russ knows right now, okay, this is a man defense. So he knows he wants to go to DK at the top. DK is one-on-one. What he does a great job of is looking left because there is a safety over there on the numbers, keeping an eye on DK, especially when you're down in your own territory. Russell does a great job looking left. DK gives a nice little inside release move. Boom, bounces outside, and then it's just all speed and ability after that. Russell drops a dime. One of the best deep ball throws we've seen in the last few weeks from Russell Wilson. Uh, DK showing patience at the line and stacking the DB once he's on top. Easy throw, easy catch, touchdown, good guys. Yeah, the thing I love what you said about that was patience. You know, I feel like sometimes with younger receivers, they can get 
impatient when they're trying to get off the football. That's a great patience. Stacks up the defender, and once as a corner, once you get stacked up like that, good night. It's a two-way go, yet you're in no man's land, especially with a guy with that kind of speed and that kind of size. And you're right, Russell Wilson dropped a perfect deep ball. And the thing about this, which changed the game, because after that, the Chicago Bears were like, yeah, we're never going to give him single coverage rest of the way. That safety was staying over the top, and they were going to take that play away. So kudos to them, but a great pitch and catch from Russell Wilson to DK Metcalf. We just need to see more of it. They are too good of a combo together. We know the the snow was a little bit of a factor yesterday, a lot, a lot more in special teams than in the past game, but we need to see more of that because they're too talented, too good. And and one thing I want to see for the next two weeks is somehow finding a way to re, relight that connection, reignite it, get it back to what we saw at the beginning of the year and all of last season to get back to where they should be because their production should be a lot higher between them. All right. No victory formation this week for the 10th time this year. The clock ran out. A knee taken by Hundley. They're just going to let the clock wind down. Pete's not even going to bother taking that last time out. Man, you said 10 times? 10 times. <laughs> I, I, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's disappointing. It's hard. I, it's hard for me to even fathom. We've been so accustomed to so much success in this region for so long. So when things don't go your way on Sundays, it's it's hard to wrap your brain around it. One of the most disappointing losses in the Pete Carroll Russell Wilson era in terms of regular season, just for uh, in terms of a game that they think they should have won, a team that they are better than, a team where they're up ten points in the fourth quarter. It was just disappointing because you you feel like the Seahawks were in control majority of the way, but unfortunately, they just couldn't get it done in the end. And they couldn't third downs again, man. Same story. Couldn't get off the field on third down and couldn't convert on third down. The Hawks were three for 10. Um, Just disappointing because we feel like, like you said, the Hawks are better than this. And you played against the team's third string quarterback. Yes, it was the Super Bowl champion, Nick Foles. But um, he's been on the bench for a while. There's a reason why he has been playing. For some reason, Nick just shows up. Hawks were not able to get it done. And time of possession, again, Lost the time of possession deal. That means they're not extending drives. They only went on, I believe, one double-digit drive, which resulted in a touchdown. Other than that, seven, six, eight plays, somewhere around that range. Uh, same story, different week. Yeah, it's – it's yeah. yeah I'm, I'm speechless, Mom, but I don't got a lot to <laughs> add after that because it, it's, it's been rough, man. And, but here's where we're at right now. The Seahawks got two weeks left in the 2021 season. They're going up against a two and twelve and one Detroit Lions, and then after that they got the ten and five Cardinals. At this point, we know that the playoffs are now officially out of reach, but it's how they finish the season, right? There's a lot of professionals in that locker room led by Russell and Bobby, and it's about how they're going to finish the season, take some pride, and, and go out the way they should. They're going to keep battling. I know that for a fact to finish the next two weeks, and I want to see the young guys continue to step up. There's a lot to be had in the next two weeks because. You know, you only have X amount of games, right? So you can't see some of that stuff in practice. So the more game reps and some of the younger guys can get, I would love to see. But I just want to see them go out strong, finish on a high note, and beat the Lions at home, please, Bump. Can you finish please. with a win, please? That's all please. I ask for, man. That's all I ask for for the new year. See us go out with two wins, and then we can start talking about the great off season that's going to lead into a great season next year and, and more success. Let's go. Time to go out with a bang. You 12 show up one more home game against the Detroit Lions. Let's hope the Hawks get it done. But this week, the Seahawks fell to the Bears 25 to 24. I am Michael Bumpus. He is Nasa Chobi. That is Hawk Talk Recap. Talk to you guys soon.